You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. Yeah! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans. By fans, it's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Joined tonight by my buddies from Other Muddies. It's episode 150 of the Joint Practices Podcast. As always, I have the worst of all time on the Twitter bird, at Elijah the Woat. Elijah Arnold, welcome back once again. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I've missed you, so I'm glad you're here. I know it's late. I know you're tired. But we'll get through this together. Peace and love. Also joining us tonight from the comfort of his own home. One of my best friends in the whole universe on the Twitter word at the Knox says, you know him as the OG Olive Garden Pimp, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox. How you do? My back hurts. <laughs> that we're makes we're getting old. That makes two of us, Elijah. How's your back doing? You hurting? First um, burden? My back's a little sore from carrying this podcast. Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. When I get tired, I get snippy. You can expect more in the coming minutes. Well, should be a good night. I do want to preference this um, podcast. Are with you a also little gonna preface disclaimer? It? Preface, prefacize. I'm going to just make a bold statement that I am the greatest. No, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say that last week we recorded on a Sunday and due to some outrageous circumstances, we were unable to get the podcast up until like Wednesday. First of all, when we recorded Sunday, I don't think any of us realized that legal tampering was opening less than 12 hours after we recorded. So Therefore, all our predictions were already outdated. Whoops, shame on us. It's been a weird year, though, so. Too, Damn it. too busy to pay attention what's going on elsewhere. <laughs> it's crazy. There's so much going on in the personal life, in the work life, trying to buy a house life. You know, I missed it. My bad. So this week, we're going to hit on all the news for our teams that is out there, plus some of the bigger names that have signed elsewhere. We'll just have some general football talk and, you know, try to distract ourselves for an hour or so. So let's get right into it. And we might as well start with Elijah because free agency opened last Wednesday at 4 p.m. And I'm pretty sure the Patriots signed 50 out of the top 51 prospects that were out there. So Elijah, take it away. I think we can do this episode in 10 seconds. Are you ready? The Patriots signed everyone. <laughs> That's it. And That's going to do it for episode 150. <laughs> yeah. No, when we talked uh, roughly a week ago, we had some predictions. 
most, if not all of them, were wrong. And even with those crazy predictions, at no point, I don't believe any of us said the Patriots are going to spend $136 million on free agents and guaranteed money, which is more than their last decade combined. (laughs) I literally predicted like half of these guys to the Patriots just to be a dick. (laughs) Like everyone, I was like, Patriots, Patriots. And then they went and signed everyone, including the top two tight ends. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, some of these are clearly or most likely overpays. Uh, some of them may not even make the team, and then they'll just be wasted money. Johnu Smith and uh, uh, Hunter Henry, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, $56 million in tight ends. Yeah, man. Back to the old Gronk Hernandez days. Mm. So let's start the let's start the pool. Who which all right, I'll take <laughs> I'll take Hunter Henry to kill a guy. Who wants who wants Johnny? I'm staying away from this one. <laughs> all right. That's why I took Hunter, because uh, he's a hunter. Yeah, exactly. It's in his name. So yeah, I'm gonna run through just some of the names. Uh, I've got to scroll for a while, so this might take a minute. Um, of the major players that were either signed or re-signed for the New England Patriots, they go as follows. Hunter Henry, Matthew Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Nelson Aguilar, John U. Smith, David Andrews, Martavius Adams, Nick Folk, Jalen Mills, Kendrick Bourne, Davin Gotchow. Yep. Dietrich Weiss Jr., Ted Karras, Henry Anderson, Cam Newton, Carl Davis, Justin Bethel, Cody Davis, Raquan McMillan. That's a lot of people, and it's a lot of money. And a lot of them are coming off good years of average careers, so we'll see how it plays out. But you cannot fault them for not spending the money. Do you say David Andrews in there? Yep. The Jalen Mills one hurts. That's my guy. Yeah. I mean, even people that handle. We're supposed to leave like David Andrews. All of a sudden, we're like, ah, I guess I'll stay. It's fine. I know. Is Ted Karras pissed or what? I mean, he's still getting paid. I feel like yeah. you can only be so pissed when you're an interior yeah, offensive lineman. <laughs> like, oh, I don't have to go get hit in the face and I still make my $3 million. Counting. Sounds good to me. Yep. So they, uh, Patriots pretty much stole the spotlight um, for free agency. But the Vikings did dabble the old Toskies in the pond water here. They snagged a few guys here, a couple of guys, a couple big name guys, a couple big guys. Soupy. Yeah, uh, who would have thought Mike Zimmer would go out and sign two free agents to play defense for them? Uh, obviously, defense was a huge issue for the Vikings in 2020. Um they go out and sign uh, Delvin Tomlinson, so they have a monopoly on the Delvins in the league now. They own, well, they don't own. <laughs> the two Delvins in the league now play for the Vikings. So uh, you know what Zoom is missing? A timestamp. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is going to be a way to try to shore up the run. Uh, I think the Vikings were twenty seventh against the run on defense last year. Part of that being. Nobody to stuff the middle. Dalvin Tomlinson coming in. Hopefully Michael Pierce playing next year. Uh, those are two really big guys in the middle. It's going to be tough to move them. Um, 
other than that, sign Patrick Peterson, one year, $8 million guaranteed. There's $2 million he can make in incentives. I think one of them, he has to play 95% of the snaps, so that's kind of an expected extra million added to the cap. I think he played like 98% for Arizona last year. Um, and there's another million dollars uh, if he's an all-pro. So that's uh, kind of a dream at 31 years old. Patrick Peterson's lost a step at this point, but you bring in a veteran presence, try and help out, you know, a very, very young uh, secondary that the Vikings have. So I like the fit. I I mean, I don't know. It's going to be weird to see like what Zimmer asks him to do because he sucked last year. Uh, and for the first half of 2019 was not great either. Let's not forget he was also suspended for PEDs. So, um, you know, it, it, it's one of these, like, it feels like Spielman paid for the name sort of thing. Um, I would have loved Patrick Peterson to come here like three years ago, maybe, <laughs> when he still had, you know, a little more in the tank. I guess there's always the option, too, that you could – use him as a kick returner, punt returner. They've had serious issues with that over the last, like ever since Marcus Sherrill's left. Um, so there's another option for you. You know, he's not going to have that earn you speed. Like we'd really like to have back there, but it's a sure-handed option. So um, we will, uh, we'll see how this plays out. But when I saw the name, I was like, oh, nice. And then I was like, well, yeah, let me go back and look. no, it really hasn't gone that great <laughs> over the last season for Patrick Peterson, but maybe he can help us out. Uh, they also brought in Rashad Hill, signed him to a one-year deal, uh, just offensive line depth. Uh, they need it desperately. Losing Riley Reef, uh, big stinker. But, yeah, so Rashad Hill, <laughs> we'll see this – fill a gap kind of guy, whether or not he helps out the offensive line. Uh, and also Chad Beebe, who should be the fifth wide receiver on anybody's roster. Apparently he's going to be wide receiver three for the Vikings this year. Another one-year deal, stay in Minnesota. Uh, this, his drops just kill me. That's that's the only thing. He's never like, I don't know, you see Chad Beebe, oh, he's Don Beebe's son. You're expecting this, you know, <laughs> athletic guy and. The athleticism just really isn't there. Um, they, they also restructured Adam Thielen's contract. It's nothing for Adam. It's not, you know, this isn't like a, did he agree to it or didn't he? He's still getting the same amount of money. They just converted like $8 million of his salary to a signing bonus to save $8 million on the, against the cap. Um, and apparently, Daniil Hunter is unhappy with his contract, which he just signed like a couple that, years ago. Yeah, that uh, I don't get that part. So th this is just a, you know, you're, I mean, it's tough to have leverage when you're coming off of a year where you didn't play due to injury. So this sucks. The Vikings were god-awful rushing the passer last year. Um, and Daniel Hunter, you know, was, was the guy for you just a couple years ago. So you hate to see him go somewhere else, but I, you know, I've seen four or five teams that get floated around there that have interests, and rightfully so, they should. But you know, you love to kind of sit Daniel down and be like, "Listen, we'll play out this season, and then we can talk next year." 
that would, you know, in the off season or something, we'll get something done. Um, Cause obviously Vikings, huge cap crunch. You're literally in the 23rd hour restructuring Adam Thielen's contract to try to make up, you know, some sort of cap room. Um, so you're hoping next year, you know, the, the new TB money that we're going to talk about a little later uh, kind of helps inflate the cap a little bit, sign some of these guys. And lastly, all I have is uh, guards and uh, safety are now a huge concern um, for, for the Vikings and might be something that they have to address in the first round of the draft, which stinks because you always like to, you know, have a real sexy pick there in the first round and that might not happen. So we will see what old Spielman wants to do, but boy, oh boy, there's some uh, lingering issues. I think as far as guard and safety are now concerned, because there's also the issue with having to either, you know, re up Harrison Smith, extend him, whatever, uh, you know, hanging over their heads too. So, Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Big, uh, got some big shoes to fill. Hey, uh, and uh, not a lot of money to do it. <laughs> I know this is a football podcast, but breaking news Oral Roberts just beat Florida to move to the Sweet 16. You know where Oral Roberts is? I hope Oral Roberts has to play Moorhead State. Is Moorhead State still in it? I don't know, but it'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm all in on Layola. Let's go, Ramblers. Yeah. Sister Jean, I, uh, baby. This year is crazy. I had Illinois in the final four and they lost to Loyola Chicago. Yeah, me and too. <laughs> when I picked Illinois to go to the final four, I didn't realize they had a guy on their team named uh Kofi Cockburn. Like that's a if I had known he was on the team, I would have picked him to win the championship. And I was <laughs> very disappointed. Uh all right. Yes, we'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles for just one minute, and that's it. Uh, Zach Ertz trade is imminent, as it has been for the last two million and four days. Every day, I see a beat writer tweet that the Zach Ertz trade is imminent, and the team he's going to changes every day. So I'm pretty sure they're just like spinning a wheel, and it lands on a beat writer, and then that beat writer spins a wheel, and he picks a team. Whatever. I hope Zach Ertz somehow stays on this team, but. It is what it is till at eight. <clears throat> we'll see. With that being said, Howie Roseman is still a prat, and his press conference that he did last week was an absolute joke, as is his employment with the Philadelphia Eagles. So until he goes away, I'm going to be bitter and sour. And, you know, if he gets a toe fungus, I'm really not going to feel bad about it. I think the what only his press conference, not, not much. It, he is the king at passing off questions and not answering the question asked, but answering just whatever he feels like talking about. So, Howie, uh, did Carson request a trade to leave the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, you see what happens on draft night is, you know, we're looking at the war room big board, and we just have to make a decision because, you know, you know, if there's a safety in a wide – nobody asked you about safety and wide receiver. Answer the fucking question, schmuck. It is what it is, Tony. I can't stand Howie Roseman. The only thing he has done remotely decent – so far this year is sign Anthony Harris, the former Minnesota Viking safety. I wanted him last year. He got tagged last year, right? That he did. 
Yeah. And this past season, PFF graded him the second rated safety in the league. So, hey, I'm all in on Anthony Harris. Anthony I Harris. to differ with that rating, but. And Rodney okay. McLeod is a lot better than. Yeah, the other guy that played last year that I can't think of. Uh, Marcus the, Epps. Uh, Will Parks is actually a safety that the Vikings have been talking about. He so, started the year with the Eagles and then went back to Denver. Yeah. So we I liked him. I'm the old swaparoo. It was another one of those, hey, we let another good guy go because he went to Denver and balled out. Just like LJ Fort went to Baltimore and balled out. Howie Roseman's a joke. The Eagles are going to stink this year and it's going to suck. It's going to be so hard to watch. And I'll transition that into our league discussion, which will probably take us the rest of the way here. But the NFC East is getting good. Everybody except the Eagles. The Washington football team is going to be a problem. Sure, the Cowboys got their quarterback back. They have Dak under a contract, blah, 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 blah. But Curtis Samuel with Antonio Gibson, Scary Terry, that's going to be a problem for defenses. Ryan Fitzmagic throwing them the ball? Holy cow. When you got that guy up there saying, I don't give a fuck, I'm throwing this football. Somebody go and catch it. Between that, oops, go ahead. You got two guys like Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin that can, I mean, they were teammates at Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Roommates. And uh, either one of them take the top off the defense. So depending on what Ron Rivera can scheme up with his offensive coordinator, uh, boy, (laughs) to be electric. Yeah. Yep. You pack in the Washington football team with the roster they're building. Their defense is already pretty scary. And then you have the New York football giants who signed Kenny Galladay. Give him the bag. Team Galladay up with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, John Ross, Evan Ingram, and coming off his ACL, but still it's Saquon. The only problem I see in there is Daniel Dow Jones. But now they're recruiting a Dory Jackson. Oh, Dory Jackson was a name that I saw floated around to Philadelphia. Yeah, the thought, Eagles are like uh, Darius Slay and Rodney McLeod have been recruiting him, I guess, actively. But sounds like he wants to go to New York. So whatever. Dude, that would be so good for <laughs> like if the Eagles ended up finding a way to pick him up, like having Slay Jackson and now Anthony Harris. Like that's a hell of a secondary for and then a team Rodney that doesn't McLeod. have much else. <laughs> yeah, and Rodney McLeod like. Yeah, I mean, at least you have, you know, that, I mean, you're going to have to have a good secondary with what, you know, these two teams are doing in Washington and the Giants. And then the Dallas, there's no slouch with uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and who's the other fast guy there? Not Galladay. Who's the guy that was going to get traded? Oh, uh, Gallup. Gallup. Yeah. Michael if he's Gallup. still there, I mean, they got a ton of weapons and they still have Zeke, who I guess when he's healthy, he can be effective. When Dak's healthy, he's effective. So I think the biggest thing to come out of this is the Eagles are not going to be good for quite a while, whereas the rest of the division got dramatically better, in my opinion. <clears throat> the big, uh, thing that's coming out of this free agency if you listen to last week's episode is we were hyped about all the wide receiver talent this free agent class was loaded 
And I mean, it, it isn't what we thought it was going to be as far as like money deals. Like it took a while for these guys to start coming off the board. I mean, Galladay just came off this morning, wasn't it? Or late last night? Yeah. Wasn't like, as much it, it all started with, around. it all started with the Patriots and they come right out of the gate, go Nelson Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. And it almost felt like, you know, the next couple of days, like really up until like actual free agency started, uh, everybody was waiting on the wide receivers. So <laughs> felt like Belichick kind of jumped the gun a little bit and especially to pick up the names that he did. Uh, it was the only questionable thing, I think, for me as far as what they did uh, in their free agent signings. Yeah. Uh, I don't they like, like weird wide receivers. Yeah. They've always <laughs> they can't liked catch. Weird. They've always liked weird wide receivers, so he must like what they'll do. I, he's probably wrong. Traditionally, they've done spotty work with that position. But So, Aguilar born go to New England. Galladay went to the Giants, as we said. There was uh, rumors that Juju Smith-Schuster's agent was trying to get something going with the Eagles, and the Eagles were just not interested for some reason. But whatever. So he actually limps home to pittsburgh and pretends like he never wanted to leave which i thought was the biggest fabricated horse hockey manure juice i've ever drank i'm just uh, like i don't care about money like if i'm juju smith schuster and i have an offer on the table from the kansas city chiefs and it's half the money that the pittsburgh steelers are willing to offer me do I want to catch balls from Patrick Mahomes or Ben Roethlisberger, who for should have retired games. at the end of this year? Like, come on. Yeah, you're getting eight games of Roethlisberger, eight games of the guy who got cut from the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins. There it is. Whatever. <clears throat> so Juju limps home. Then you got Will Fuller, who went to Miami. That was quite the surprise to me, but damn, does... Will Fuller and Devontae Parker sound like a scary set of deep threats. Yeah, Corey Davis, who left Tennessee, went to the Jets. I don't know what attracted him there besides money. So good for him. He got his money. The, this one really surprised me. It was Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders going to Buffalo. Listen, I was also surprised when Mr. Sandlers went to Buffalo. <laughs> But to be serious, I was also surprised when Mr. Sanders went to Buffalo. Steve, Emmanuel Sandlers went to Buffalo. How do you feel? Flanders? <laughs> Emmanuel Ned Flanders, Flanders to Buffalo. Buenos things on the idea, senor. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is you know, crazy. New Chase Amigos. <laughs> they were, what is it? You got Diggs, Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders now. Gabe Didn't Davis. Buffalo also pick up a tight end. They traded a tight end to Atlanta. I, I thought they signed a tight end just because I was a little bit concerned for my cousin. They've been Dawson's rumored in job. Uh, Zach Ertz. They've been, they have since come out and said they're not interested, but they were the team heavily rumored to be negotiating for Zacharias. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a good pickup for them. Obviously, they're giving Josh Allen more weapons. So. They're going to be a tough team to contend with, and I know New England made a lot of a lot of big deals, but the uh, I, th- I think Buffalo's still got to be the favorite for right now until yeah. yep. we see you know how this 
Patriots team uh, performs, but they they hung with Buffalo, you know, in both of those games they played this year, so or this past season. Um, so yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's this between. This will be a tough thing to defend. Yeah, Buffalo and New England. I think Miami probably takes a step back. I don't know. They don't have. I don't know if I in. trust Tua yet. Exactly, and they're not going to have the bat. Like they can't be like, all right. All right, Ryan, go win it for us when yep. they pull tour at <laughs> halftime. Right, yeah. no one, I mean, their backup won't be able to sling it around like Fitzmagic could. Guy doesn't yeah, give and a then, shit. Devontae Parker, obviously Will Fuller now, and Jacecki, like they still have some some uh, some weapons available, but uh, until we see, you know, really what Tua is, and I think again, a lot like with Cam Newton in New England, you know, Tua. Hopefully it's going to have like a real off season, you know, real camps time to, uh, to develop and spend some time with their teammates, you know, both quarterbacks. And so I think it's going to do great things for, for both of them. And you know what? Three teams in the AFC East in the playoffs next year could easily see that. Mm. Crazy. Can't believe the jets are going to make the playoffs. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> uh, righty. And uh, another sh- kind of surprising one to me, and we can get into a further discussion on this, and John Brown to the Las Vegas Raiders. While I love John Brown, I would just like to pose this question to you both. What the fuck is going on in Las Vegas? <laughs> I think Steve and I talked about this briefly in our, our uh two-way episode uh, talking about how uh, Chucky still has a job for seven more years <laughs> and he's not good at it. So like they gave him all this money and all this power and all this time and all this money and uh, and he's and not good money. at it. And, and, and he's the prototypical like old school football. We're going to, we're going to do good football things, and uh, he's bad at it. So I don't know why you spend that much money when you already have Josh Jacobs. I don't know why you do any of the things you did. Yeah, like, okay. So Kenyon Drake guaranteed $11 million, right? Yeah. Yeah. Josh yeah. Jacobs is really good. We but you saw it. cut your, like, all-pro center. Yeah. Well, end up trading him. And then you yeah. your tackles and your guard, like – They've literally got rid of their whole offensive line. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. He does know his quarterback has a broken back in his injury history, right? Doesn't yeah. care. Got to be tougher. This is, I mean, I thought the John Brown signing is just a reaction to they lost Aglor, trying to find somebody who can replace him and potentially be an upgrade. I mean, the Kenyon Drake thing. Yeah, it's it's a weird signing, but Josh Jacobs still a rookie, you know, on a rookie deal. Um, so it, they have money to spend, and it looks like they're spending it in all the wrong places right now. Um, I'll tell you, you know, as a Vikings fan, offensive line means a lot, and it doesn't matter who your quarterback is if you can't keep them clean. So I, we'll see how this ends up playing out for for the Raiders but yikes literally the other night I'm at work and my phone went off my wife literally texts me is it time for Gruden to retire (laughs) question mark like I don't know what the 
like if, if there's I, anything if they I've have learned, a plan nobody can nobody understands it like they're gonna catch everybody and be like we're geniuses gonna have to yeah and they're gonna need um they got Henry the two rugs squad to be a lot better next year if they hope that that's their plan oh hey georgia if there's one thing that i've learned throughout my life though is that chucky never dies he always comes back mm-hmm He's got oh. enough movies to prove it. All right. Uh, Jamal Agnew, Marvin Jones, both leave Detroit for the Urban Meyer experience. I don't see that moving the needle for Jacksonville at all, but hey, good for them. They got out of that toxic environment in Detroit for a winning org. I mean, they went to Jacksonville. <clears throat> Whatever. I guess they're getting their money and... I don't think that team's going to be good. So, whatever. Yeah, well, Everybody's well, got to have players. Yeah. And Detroit's not going to be good either. Um, Detroit's one of these few teams in the league right now that you're like, they're boning it in this year. Like, <laughs> there's there's nothing going on there. I, you know, I, I hate the idea of like being like, well, we can't contend this year. So, we might as well just, you know, try to rebuild because, you know, it's such a wasted year for, you know, a brand new head coach, brand new GM, like you got to try and at least, you know, bring guys in to compete at least a little bit. And uh, as far as Jacksonville's concerned, I mean, you need, you, you lose Keelan Cole, you got to bring in as many weapons as possible to help out, you know, potentially a rookie quarterback uh, starting for them and a guy who, you know, there's so much expectation for and Trevor Lawrence, we assume is going to be the number one overall pick. So yeah, they, they make these signings, but in my opinion, they're, they're not the best seed. Go after Kenny Galladay before you go after Marvin Jones. If I was the guy in charge, you know, make that push for Galladay first. And if he decides he wants to play somewhere else, cause somebody's going to match the offer or whatever, you know, then Jones is okay. So obviously I don't know, you know, what they actually did, but yeah, those, those signings are a bit of a yawn. All right, let's uh, go to kind of a big one because I wanted to talk about this team a little bit, and that's the Arizona Cardinals, who seem to be building on paper one hell of a roster. They've already added JJ Watt. They add AJ Green to go along with Nook the Bomb, Christian Kirk. They got Kyler Murray. That defense was already making strides last year. Chandler Jones is kind of a freak of nature. Led the league in sacks. I'm not familiar with him. <laughs> Arizona's putting together one hell of a roster. So I'm. Yeah, this is uh, kind of liking what Cliff's doing over there. I mean, Kime. you're. To me, signing AJ Green means they have no interest in bringing back Larry Fitzgerald. Because um, he's going to kind of fill that role. And the Cardinals have to hope that he stays healthy. Again, what should have been an absolutely electric offense on paper last year petered out at times. And yep, yep. Um, it's, I think you know, it's it, one thing that's going to hurt him is losing Kenyon Drake because he was an absolute spark for them. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's uh, as much as you know. Guys don't want to pay, or teams don't want to pay running backs. Makes sense. I mean, the guy's growing trees. You can find, you know, 
find them, you know, free agency for cheap, find them in the draft and, you know, run them in the ground as much as you want for the first four years of their career and then move on to the next guy. But yeah, a guy like Drake was, uh, was very important to them and um, to find, you know, a guy that can be physical running the ball and also catch the ball out of the backfield is a little bit more difficult than just, you know, finding a guy. So um, we'll see. Cardinals have a, a lot to live up to, and why wouldn't J.J. Watt love to contend for a championship here in the tail end of his career? Cool. cool. All right, and one that just kind of broke right now, right before we started recording almost, uh, and that's Deshaun Jackson is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Could be a fairly dangerous receiving core for Matt Stafford. As long as he stays healthy, man, he is the best deep threat in the league, so... We shall see on Deshaun. I hate to see him go, but I mean, he was here for two years and I think he played three games. So I think it's best for him to go somewhere else and try to get five or six more of those 60 yard touchdowns. He leads the league in. So that is the giddy up on the wide receiver market. Not as active as we expected, at least. Like, I thought as soon as 4 o'clock hit, we were going to have, like, seven or eight of these guys sign massive deals. Didn't happen. So, a lot of your short-term deals. I wonder if a lot of these guys wanted short-term deals because they know the cap is going way up next year due to that trillion dollars they just signed in media contracts. It's a... So what was it? It was rumored that the TV deals that the NFL had in place, you know, previously was around $4.4 billion a season. And that's a lot of money. That's buku bucks. But what has been reported is that these new TV deals that are coming into place is close to $10 billion. So more than doubling um, obviously part of the CBA is that, you know, the players get a portion of this, you know, the revenue that comes in from TV. And that is, you know, in fact, what helps set the, uh, the salary cap along with, you know, other profits and whatever the league uh, takes in. So having the COVID year, can't sell tickets, can't sell concessions, whatever, you lose some money, cap goes down. But I mean, we, we could be looking at, in a you know two three year span where we're closing in on a three hundred million dollar cap teams, which is just absolutely nuts, and should be very easy for some teams to fill out a ninety man roster with three hundred million dollars. True. Yep, and fairly too. Like, pay these guys what oh, yeah. they deserve. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think the the big kicker, and we can wrap it up with this for tonight, but. The big kicker of all this news is the the rumor that's being floated out there that DirecTV is losing Sunday ticket. And let me tell you how happy this would make me. Uh, from the rumor that I read, um, something to the effect of DirecTV loses Sunday ticket and ESPN is the favorite to land it. If ESPN lands it, it would be added to the Disney Plus bundle. So if you have the Disney Plus bundle with Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, you would get Sunday ticket. Yeah, I absolutely hate 
the past however many years where you have to be a direct TV customer to get Sunday ticket. I've always said it should be available to everyone. Even if it's you can only watch it on your computer type thing, like a streaming, not yeah, like a like, television or whatever. But in this day and age, it's kind of bizarre that the NFL hasn't. I, I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the contract is with Directv, but that they haven't kind of eyeballed maybe a buyout here and making the NFL Network, you know, a streaming service. All games, Whoa. like they already you know, have Game Pass. Yeah, so it's just like add it to Game Pass. Do I? I'd pay ten dollars a month <laughs> to watch whatever game I wanted whenever I wanted, right? And not well, have to sit there and watch the. You know, obviously, being in Maine, we get the Patriots game and the Giants on CBS, game on Fox, and and then you get the Giants game or you know somewhere close on Fox. Never the game that I want to see, obviously, but um, yeah. So I I'd love to see something like that happen. Also, you know, speaking of ESPN, ABC is actually getting Monday Night Football back. Um, they're going to move it from ESPN to ABC. So that's that'll be interesting. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. I heard e, um, ABC is being ABC ESPN is being added to the Super Bowl rotation. Yeah, they're going to get a couple of Super Bowls, um, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, going back to the the whole you know bargaining agreement, whatever. What I would really like to see, I mean, I'm sure the players are going to push for this whenever the next CBA rolls around, but if we're talking that we could see a potential 300 you know million dollar salary cap like guaranteed contracts in this league you know would be tremendous because time and time again you see a guy sign you know a team friendly deal gets injured doesn't sign again you know doesn't make any more money like these guys put their bodies on the line more than anybody else in sports and for them not to be able to like really cash in and guarantee that they're getting that money. Cause I mean, this has been the void year, the void deal, you know, void year deal mm -hmm. uh, season, like off season. Uh, it's, it's been absolutely just stupid. And I know that, you know, teams are using this as a tool because they're trying to push money down the line, hoping that this TV contract gets some more money, but you're just you're seeing these ridiculous art so and so signed a four-year 140 million dollar deal with six million dollars guaranteed you're just like what so it's a one-year deal yeah it, it, essentially yeah, it's like, it's stupid too because you have really good football players that are getting cut from teams they may have played for their whole career and their staples in their community just because the team wants to save that 14 million dollars that they agreed to pay them when they signed the deal that you've always it's a steve knox staple that nfl contracts are toilet paper they're not real like yeah i mean the, the whole thing it, it's a it's a farce and it's it's sad and obviously this is the thing that the players are going to want to leverage in the next uh collective bargaining agreement and i mean it's going to be a walk on eggshells kind of thing because obviously the league probably doesn't want that. The, the owners probably don't want that. But when push comes to shove, like maybe these guys start, you know, especially at quarterback, stop making $40, 50000000 million a year 
and you start giving them $30 million contracts that are guaranteed. And one thing that would really piss me off going into negotiations as a player is if I sign a three-year, $30 million deal with 20 guaranteed, they can cut me that third year and I don't get that 10 million. Yep. But if a coach signs a three-year, $30 million deal and gets fired after one, guess what? He gets all 30 million. How is that possible? You know, it's funny too, is like in college, if they have a similar situation where they're like, we signed this head coach and this head, you know, football coach, basketball coach. And after a couple of years, we really don't like them. They go out and they find a booster who's willing to front the money to buy out their contract. Like it's not even the university. It's like somebody who supports the university. So yeah, I mean, it's very bizarre and you know, football players and they deserve to be paid and guaranteed, you know, uh, a contract here you go, you sign this, this is how much money you get. And maybe just maybe we could stop seeing so many of these guys being like, I want a new deal. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's just because the way that the deal is structured, because the first year they're like, I just got paid $12 million. And then two years later, they're like, wait, I'm only making $4 million this year. What happened? Just, you know, attention to detail and, uh, yeah, just, it's just front for four years, $40 million. You just pay him $40 million. And they're like, all right. Yeah. Well, front offices being a go. bunch of slimy bastards. That's what it is. Greedy, slimy bastards. All right. That was fun. We're back in the swing of things. And um, we tried something new tonight. So if you guys are listening to episode 150 of the Joint Practices podcast, you like the way it sounds. Maybe it sounds a little crisper, a little cleaner. We've switched the way we record our podcast up. Try to make things a little easier on ourselves and you, the listener. This makes it easier for us to get out quickerly, quicker, quick, quickerly than usual. So let us know how we sound. If Elijah still sounds like the most beautiful man you've ever heard, please let us know. Hello, we would ladies love to hear it. <laughs> and gentlemen, love doesn't discriminate. All right, so yeah, just let us know and. uh Sounds like come draft time, we might be able to do a live stream. What? Live reaction, chatting with all our friends. Sounds like fun. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say before we leave is um, if everybody could just make a little bit more effort to spread some love around, not hate. You all know what's going on in our country, and it's pretty sad. Um, had a little bit of tragedy this week in my own family so just call your mom call your dad call your grandparents call the people you love just let them know you love them because you never know when something scary crazy will happen and you lose somebody in your family sucks so love you guys i love you too yes sir elijah are we on twitter here we go <laughs> or you can tweet us at joint practices at 11 to go at the knock says at Elijah the at Stephen the Swope. Send us a tweet with the hashtag love not hate. Let us know you're listening. We would love to hear more from you. Unless it's hateful, and then you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Wherever you're listening on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in. You know what to do. 
Blueberry. First of all, subscribe. Get you that nice little notification when a new episode becomes available. Please rate. Nice five-star rating. Beautiful. Type in a little review there. Why you gave it five stars? I mean, we all know. You know, this is a fantastic podcast, so. <laughs> people Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Some people have said, who have listened to our podcast, that we are the songbirds of our generation. <laughs> Those people are deaf. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to be on our show, we literally do episodes called Seven on Sevens, which we bring in people who are just everyday fans. And we talk about their team, unless they're Cowboys fans. No, I'm just kidding. If there's a Cowboy fan listening, please come on our show so I can rip you. Uh, email us, jointpracticespod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram. Elijah gave you the Twitters. If you know us personally, send us a text, uh, DM, whatever. Steve's DMs are open for me and me who alone. Who this? So hit us up. We'll get you on a show. We'll give you your very own episode on a podcast. It's pretty fun. And that's going to do it for episode 150. So fly goes fly, baby. Go Vikings. Yay. <laughs> I had nothing. Nothing. Also, before I just it made back. a sound. Didn't have anything. <laughs> Wasn't ready. I was looking how to reset my Apple password. <laughs> Thought we were done. We out. set your Apple password on your iPhone and I was trying to do it on my laptop. Thanks, Steve Jobs. All right, I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs>